amazing Kate Casey. Welcome back to another week's episode of Reality Life with Kate Casey. This week, I was thinking about that show, Skating with the Stars. Do you remember that? It was a competition show that aired on ABC from November 22nd to December 21st of 2010. So not many episodes. But they feature it featured celebrities paired with professional skaters from <laughs> the figure skating world. And it was quite a show. Uh, it was hosted by Vernon Kay and retired ice dancer Tanith Belbin, two people whom I had never heard of before and I don't think I've ever seen since. And the judges were Johnny Weir, Dick Button, and Lorianne Gibson. And I'm laughing because the people they chose were quite a selection. Sean Young, who you probably remember was a film actress and is a total cuckoo bird. Vince Neal from Motley Crue. So just envision right now, Vince Vince Neal in a skating costume gliding across this the ice in like feathers. Brandon Michael Smith, a Disney Channel actor, because you know they always throw in a Disney person to be on the show to get the young vote, and I still to this day I have no idea who that is. Johnny Mosley, the Olympic freestyle skier, Bethany Frankel, who, as you know, is on Real Housewives of New York and is going to be on Shark Tank, and then Rebecca Budig from uh, so the soaps. That's always good too. You want to throw in like a Disney star, someone in the soaps. Throw in like a like a star of Real Housewives of some city. That's always great. The <laughs> the rock star is always a great one. Just because you know they're probably not completely sober, so it's putting them on skates is hilarious. And I think you can put Sean Young on any reality show, and it is pure gold. So if you're ever bored, go back and watch some of those episodes on YouTube. My current obsession right now is a show called The Keepers. It's a Netflix special. It's a seven-part series. It is unbelievable. I watched two episodes on Friday, three episodes on Saturday, and two episodes on Sunday. I was sitting on my laptop with some headphones on while my husband slept beside me. I was. It's riveting. I want you guys to watch it and then let me know what you think. This week's show, I'm so excited about. I got the chance to interview Richard Blaze, who's probably one of the most influential judges that have come out of Top Chef. He's such a character and a great guy, married with two kids, has a new cookbook out, has a bunch of restaurants, and I asked him a lot of questions about what it's like to be a contestant, but the most important thing was I forced him to eat my mom's peach kuchen and my kids' chocolate chip cookies so he could judge them. Juliet Littman is a hilarious podcaster. She is the managing editor of Ringer, and I had her watch an episode of Invite Only Cabo, a new show on Bravo, which will probably last one season. And the very funny Jacqueline Marfuji, also a podcaster, she watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which unfortunately it's the la- it's one of the second to last episode of the season. So we get to the bottom of that. So here we go. Okay, I'm obsessed with Audible because it lets you enjoy all of your audio entertainment in one app. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. And with female writers and heroines, celebrity narration, multicast productions, Audible has you covered for every type of excitement that you're looking for, including true crime and mystery. And I know all of you love that too. For example, right now, I'm listening to None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500 500. That's audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500 500. I'm thrilled to have Juliet Littman on the line. Juliet is managing editor of The Ringer, which is an awesome site. And with Bill Simmons, she co hosts the Bachelor Party podcast. She. I would say is a major consumer of reality television like yours truly <laughs> and uh, you know love shows like The Bachelorette and The Housewives and I forced her to watch Bravo's Invite Only Cabo which I had never seen either and I'm absolutely delighted to hear what she thinks of it so welcome Juliet. Hi how's it going? So well, actually before we get into that I just 
wanted to ask you now that we're a couple weeks into the bachelorette, are you excited about this season? Um, I think I was more excited before it started. I I'm really into Rachel. I think she's awesome. Um, and like a great bachelorette. I think that the guys really suck and it's like kind of unavoidable this week. The stuff with Lee was just like bonkers. He, um, if I didn't know about his, um, inflammatory tweets i still would know that he is like problematic and a bad cast a bad casting decision um so it kind of makes it like a little bit trickier but that said there's also like a lot to talk about because it's so crazy so like for podcast purposes it's good but like as just like a consumer i'm kind of like huh these are some weird choices they've made here I feel like I know already who's going to win just based on my degree in armchair psychology and it's making it less interesting for me. However, I do like it when she goes into trial mode and reads the rights to people because I think it's, you know, high time that we have a bachelorette who actually is educated and, you know, can really put these people in their place because most of them are complete nutbags and they deserve to be, um, given some shit because they've given up their jobs or lack thereof for a couple months to go on reality TV to find romance, which actually is probably not so much about romance, but getting the opportunity to have a huge Instagram following so they can later on sell flat tummy tea and protein <laughs> powders. Yes, if I wear. So what do you think about that? Do you think that, um, you know, this, it's sort of, ruins the show that we know that all these people just want to have a career on Instagram because of it? Um, no, I kind of support it actually. I'm just sort of like, yeah, make, make money however you can. Um, I'm fascinated by it for sure. And I, I, uh, I would like to know more about diff eyewear. I haven't read a really good article about them. I kind of find the flat tummy tea a little bit more pathetic. Cause I'm just like, this is fake. This is not like a real, like weight loss thing. Um, but the eyewear and like clothing and like the modeling they all do, I'm just like, okay, this is sort of like, just the next generation of, um, entertainment culture. Um, but it definitely is like a kind of surreal thing. I mean, the, um, the right reasons thing started out as a joke. Like, you know, I don't think so, or not a joke, but like there was some kind of like authenticity to it. Like, I don't think so-and-so is here for the right reasons. And now it's like, how can you even criticize anyone for not being there for the right reasons? Because they, there's like, obviously a sec, like a, a short live, but second career awaiting everyone who can like, make a splash on the show. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me. I, I kind of like, it. I'm just sort of like, if you, if you can hustle, get, get your money. <laughs> I would like it if at some point, one of these seasons, one of the contestants falls madly in love with Chris Harrison and he, yes. he breaks the the wall down the fourth wall and is so overcome with lust and love for a woman that it becomes this, this salacious story. I think that would be a great way to mix it up next season. He is like barely needed. He's been on the show so little in like the last year. Um, he can't be happy about that. Also, I just feel like he, his, his fee per minute must have shot up because he's on the show so much less than he used to be. I sometimes feel like he is dyeing his hair with shoe polish. It's, there's something different about him too. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. He just isn't in a lot less, but like with, with someone like Nick and with Rachel, they're such good talkers. They don't need like a, a narrator or someone to kind of like bring bring the words out of them which is what he used to do i think you have a great point you are right because last season nick did really fill in for him in places where chris would have done so in seasons in the past so i think yeah that's a great point okay so this show um invite only cabo had you heard anything about it i hadn't actually what day is it on it's on Sundays. <laughs> oh, I feel like Bravo is kind of punted on Sundays. It's almost like they just don't consider that an important day. Like, although I guess the Real Housewives of Atlanta is on Sunday, right? I guess so. But then now it's off the air. So I think they really needed something that was a little bit um, naughty. I don't know. It's like yeah. it definitely pushes the boundaries of Bravo. Um, they have come. So for those of you who don't know, Invite Only Cabo is on Sunday nights at I think nine o'clock. And the description would be that social connector, and I use that in quotes, Larry Sims invites six of his friends from different phases of his life on a luxury vacation in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. No one knows what to expect, especially since most of his friends know next to nothing about the other guests, which is also surprising because when they each person gets introduced into the show, they all claim how close they are to him and the fact that they don't know one another is very strange to me. What did you think? 
Um, I, I was, I was interested in the show. It's very on Bravo. Like, um, kind of, it's actually not true. I take that back. It, it, <laughs> it is a different kind of Bravo show than like the housewives. Um, one of my big qualms is reality shows that kind of tries to like force a group. The best ones are about groups that like naturally come together or have some kind of like natural connection beyond, um, a, a mutual friend. So I was just like, Oh God, I see where this is going. And then I saw that it was produced by four ninety five productions, which, um, famously produced Jersey shore. And I feel like ever since that show, four ninety five has been trying to like recreate that magic, which was really lightning in a bottle and they're never going to get it again. Um, <laughs> And I was like, okay, this is all, this is all starting to make sense. But, um, to your original question, it's like, so they, they definitely, these people definitely have to know about each other or they, or they're not actually friends of them because, you know, just like my own experience, if you have a close friend, you know, of, or about their other friends, even if just by name. Uh, so this group have very varied careers. I want to, yeah. I want to describe some of them. Uh, Larry is a, a celebrity hairdresser. Bianca is a business developer. God only knows what that means. Agu is a model personal trainer and has developed a new underwear line. As because I feel like in all these shows, you either develop an underwear, sock, or bathing suit line. Yeah. Malaku is an event planner. Jermaine is a brand consultant, which is a very loose term for God knows what. Kamani is a celebrity makeup artist. And Emily... I believe as a makeup artist, she says that she can do great makeup, but it wasn't really uh, there. There was no explanation underneath her name of what her actual job is. So it's a bunch of people who are very used to working with high maintenance people. And sometimes I feel like I don't know about you, but I feel like when I'm around hairdressers and makeup artists, like the judgment, it's like if I were to hang out in a nail salon, like I just feel like there's such judgment. I would be very uncomfortable. I, yeah, I definitely agree with that, but also I'm just like, Emily's, Emily's makeup wasn't so great. (laughs) And there was like a really, there was a really tight shot of her applying makeup, I think to like sort of play out the fact that she is a uh, makeup artist. And I was just like, I don't know if I would hire this woman. Like show me, show me what she's done for me to believe in it. Cause I, I look into Larry and he does have some, he has impressive clients. And then obviously the show begins with um, his number one client, I assume Gabrielle Union talking to him. And I, I was wondering if Gabrielle Union is like a, a producer on the show. I, I couldn't find a credit for her, but like, why else would she appear? It was mysterious. And she came into the makeup trailer in full hair and makeup and then sat down and proceeded to have a conversation as if she was going to be uh, styled when she was already styled. I was actually thinking that it might've been like, it was supposed to be on set of being Mary Jane, oh. but I don't know. Cause she was talked about the height. She was like, this hiatus is so necessary. And it made it seem like, like he worked on the show with her. I have to tell you your investigative work is, I admire it greatly and I'm enjoying it. Um, okay. So Larry has explained that he's, has not been on a vacation to Gabrielle in 10 years. So because of that, he has rented a, a massive house. The, the, the only way I could describe it is it's someplace that the Kardashians would get on one of their vacation uh, right. jaunts. Uh, so it was strange to me he hasn't been on vacation in 10 years. I guess there, you know, there must have been some, you know, downturn in the um, celebrity hair industry. I don't know. It was just interesting to me. 10 years he hasn't gone away. How could that be true? He's not even from L.A. He's like from Chicago. At least take a couple of days off to go home. It's strange. Also, I don't know about you, but I was under the impression in at least the first 15 minutes that he was not straight. So later in the episode, he starts making out with his girlfriend or his friend, Bianca. And I, I had, I, I actually gripped the sheets and thought I have been uh, led astray. I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked by that. Was that a shock to you? Yeah, that was really weird. Um, but then I also thought like, I, I had the same feeling as you, but then it seemed like they were trying to like set it up so that like the women would be fighting over both Larry and I guess a goo as well. Um, and I was just like, this is sort of, this is just very contrived. It was very contrived. Yeah. I also, um, think it's strange. They have this massive house. I can't even imagine how many bedrooms are in this home. However, they're forcing them all to share rooms with the exception of Larry. I do not like to go on vacations where I have to share a room. I feel totally. like once, deal breaker. once I've let a, a, a baby leave my vagina, I deserve the right to have my own room. So I don't understand that. Have you been forced to share a room with someone you didn't know on a vacation? No, because I wouldn't do it. Like, it's just completely out of the question to me. 
<laughs> like, and also if that isn't the case, there must be full disclosure beforehand. Especially, I don't want to share a room with a man who loves to take his clothes off and just sort of walk around. It's just really strange to me. I don't trust people that just like to be naked all the time. And maybe that's because I was raised by a woman who practically put a padlock on the bathroom door when she went to use the restroom. (laughs) But I just don't trust people who love to be naked in front of other people. No. It's definitely if you're on television. It's like not just for the people in the room, but for everyone possible. Now let's talk about Emily. Emily is um, the only white girl on on the you know on the show, and she is uh, the worst of the train a train wreck could be. Like it's imagine someone who looks like they're on crystal meth, but they're not on crystal meth, and <laughs> she wears these long nails that are look like press on nails and like French press on nails, and she wears a lot of leopard print, and she has enormous boobs and. Um, likes to talk about how food drips into them and she must wipe them off all the time. What were your thoughts about Emily? Um, I like that she was Australian just because that was like a like a very minor twist. I was like, okay, cool. It's like a slightly other differentiator. Um, the way that she was talking about her relationship when she was like, I'm in a really serious relationship so I can't share a room with this guy. Um, it was not because like out of like respect for her for, for her boyfriend who might have like had a problem with it because she didn't trust herself. I was just like, okay, I, like how many times did you practice all these lines in front of the mirror before arriving on this show? <laughs> I did like how they referred to her as a TTB, a tick tick boom, it's like she's going to explode at any moment. And yeah, I thought I to myself, I think that- I'm going to take that out. I'm going to take that out of my pocket in a couple of days and use that in reference to someone else. I really enjoyed that line, and I think it you was. Too quite appropriate she's somebody who lacks manners and i believe that we've all known someone where you go out to dinner and you look at them like were you raised by wolves why do you act like a barbarian she's like a double dipper one thing i've never seen is for someone to rip their nails off with their teeth and and spit them onto a restaurant floor have you ever been witness to this no also that's really really bad for your nails and as a uh, makeup artist she should know better Again, that's like I, I, I'm doubting that her credentials, maybe that would happen at like a Barbizon school of modeling and styling. But it just doesn't seem like you would pass that in an exam because especially because beneath the uh, ripped off nails were nubs, like the nubs of someone who has an incredibly bad anxiety disorder and just like chews on their nails 24 seven. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. She's definitely a piece of work. <laughs> I have to say my favorite person so far on the show is Malaku, who, um, he, what was he, he, what does he do again? Let me go back to that. He is an event planner. He's sort of the voice of reason. He's the person that sits in the back of the room and is like, that ain't right. And I yeah. appreciate him for that. And I also enjoy Jermaine. Jermaine mm-hmm. is the quote unquote brand consultant. And he just thinks everyone's horrendous. What did you feel about the cast? We didn't get a lot of Jermaine. I wanted more of him. It was a little bit too heavy on the exhibitionist, but I guess that's why they think you're going to watch it. Um, I I wanted more backstory on everyone. Like I like a lot of setup. I like that's actually something that Housewives does really well when it introduces new people. Is it kind of gives you like all the information? They do like the they do like the B roll where they show um, headlines from like tabloids if necessary. And I, I just wanted a little bit more on everyone, even if it wasn't true. Like construct the character for me a little bit more. Uh, and I, I felt like that was kind of missing. Like, um, even with both um, Emily and Larry, like, tell us some of their celebrity, some of their celebrity clients beyond Gabrielle Union. And I like Kamani, who's a celebrity makeup artist. She there, there's mention that she is divorced and she has a daughter, yeah. but I feel like she's she's sort of aloof. She's a mystery. I would like to learn more about her life. And I really like the fact that she went out and wore a dress with her nipples um, exposed to the world. And the make and the uh, the model underwear model really wanted to sleep with her, and she did not give him what he wanted. Which totally. I always enjoy in a woman, someone who. Anytime. Anytime you have the opportunity to um, force a television show to blur your boobs for the entire episode, you have to take it. I appreciate it. So what are your feelings about the show going forward? Is this something that you're going to watch again or is this going to be on your list of eh? I don't know. I, I'm not, I, I don't like forced friend groups. Like one of the reasons Vanderpump Rules work so well is because like, yes, they work together. They know each other and like their lives do intersect. It seems like these ones, like these people, they don't really. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's for me, but I was happy to watch an episode. I enjoyed it. 
I think I'm going to say if I'm working out and I need something to watch and there's nothing else on television, I've completely exhausted every other television show, there's a slight chance I might watch it again. Um, yeah, that seems about right. It seems like a really good, like, hotel room show where, like, you're getting ready in the morning and you can't just, like, go to your DVR so you put on Bravo. Yeah, I think that's a good point, too, because it's definitely one of those shows that you could walk out of the room and, um, you know, make some waffles and then come back into the room and you don't feel like you really missed out anything. Right. Totally. So tell everybody where they can find you and where they can find your podcast. Um, You can find me on Tuesdays talking about The Bachelor at Bachelor and Bachelorette on Channel 33, which is like the Ringer's pop culture feed. And on what, every other Wednesday, talking about celebrity gossip with my co-host Amanda Dobbins, also on Channel 33. Um, and go to theringer.com, which is my website, of which I'm the managing editor. We have a lot of television coverage, sports, and culture. I love it, especially anything with celebrity gossip. So we, we are on board for that. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I know everybody right now is on a health kick, and that's why I want to tell you about Row Body Program. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes, so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. It could be you too. Row Body Program members have support throughout the process. Rose partner handles all of the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to the provider on demand for any questions. And you can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. And this means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.com slash KKC. Sign up today and you're going to pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash KKC. Delighted to tell you that I have Richard Blaze from Top Chef sitting in front of me. Holy cook fest. I mean, you're such a huge star on the Food Network and and Bravo's Top Chef series. I'm delighted to have you here. And I can't wait to ask you the questions that everybody wants to know about what it's like to be a contestant on Top Chef. Welcome. Wow. Well, you're very kind. Thank you so much for having me. And like you said, holy. And then I was thinking macaroni, right? Because like (laughs) I'm just so like in the food world that I had to come up with a food word for it. But thank you for having me, and uh, yeah, glad to be here. So you're from New York originally. I am a native New Yorker. Yeah. Um, so every once in a while, the accent will slip out. Uh, I lived in the South for a while in Atlanta, Georgia, and I've been in Southern California for the last almost five years now. And we're happy um, to have you. So happy to be here, yes. And now you are married with two kids. I am married um, still, which is sometimes someone will send me on Twitter, like, are you still married? Which I guess... <laughs> Is uh, they're trying to say that maybe I shouldn't be, but no, I'm married. Um, my wife Jasmine, two kids, Riley and Embry. They're n- nine, just turned nine. That's really important. And six and a half. You have to throw the half in there when when you're, you're like four, five, or six, as as you know, totally. right? Yeah. Well, I also feel like watching the show that I'm, I feel like invested in you and your marriage because I've watched the two of you on TV and your relationship and how excited you were to talk to her. And excited about your kids. So I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people say that and they like they they sort of know your family, especially if your family's been in an episode or two and they are invested in your personal story. And I think it connects people. And I don't mind that. Some people are like, oh, I hope you don't mind. Uh, How's your family? I I love that. Um, And I love my family. So that works. I also think that people loved you so much because you've got a great sense of humor. Oh, I'm and um, self-deprecating. I, Which I, mean, I love. I'm working on the sense of humor, perhaps, as I'm, I'm you know out on the road now doing a lot of live stuff. Um, but I think that's more of what it is. Is is like I was. I'm okay with revealing my own mistakes and making fun of myself, um, and maybe that sh- uh, you know shine through a little bit. But I also think that the show can be so cerebral sometimes, and that you have a great way of making food very pedestrian. Like we can all be part of the process. I'm not exactly a foodie. I can barely, you know, make eggs, but I feel like I'm part of the process, which is a great thing. I'm kind of glad you're not a foodie because I'm just over the word 
foodie. <laughs> like I am, I love people that are into food, but the idea of I'm a foodie, you know, I, I, it's kind of just a, for me, it's a weird word. Do you ever you know? meet people and you're like, you're kind of full of shit. You're not really a foodie. Like you don't know what you're talking about. Well, I mean, like, I feel like if you say I'm a foodie, that's like the first indication. Right. If you use the word foodgasm, then I'm like, that's it. Like, I don't it's think that's a, that's not a real word that should be used, I don't think. But um, I do. I mean, listen, food on television now is a big thing. In the last 20 years, it's grown to be almost a, such a saturated space. But it's amazing because people are learning how to cook, shop, feed their families. They're learning about food. Um, so to be a part of that is pretty special. So how did you get involved with the show? What made you... So Top Chef Sign we're talking up. about, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, believe it or not, Top Chef was not my first television position. Uh, I did a show called Iron Chef well before, oh, but yeah. only super Richard Blaze fans. Blasians, which, Blasians. by the way, that's the name for Richard Blaze fans. Okay. Um, know that. But um, I, they called me. So, like, there's a different oh, ways to get like on a it. show. One is, obviously, you see a casting call and you send in your videotape or whatever. Um, and one is they, they find you or someone tells them about you. <clears throat> and they were at the time I lived in Atlanta and they were casting in Atlanta. And I think one of my restaurants got a review that week that they just happened to be in town. And I think the cover of the newspaper was me in goggles, like blasting an apple with like a a 600 pound tank of liquid nitrogen. And I think they were just like having coffee that morning in the hotel. And they're like, we let's call this guy. (laughs) This this might be interesting. Uh, And that the rest is uh, history, as they say, because I showed up, um, I thought they wanted me to judge because I have an ego like everyone. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll show up and judge your show. And like, oh, no, we actually actually compete. Uh, and I, for a while, I didn't want to go on the show. I was like, you know, I don't know. It's kind of silly. And then I thought that that was just fear. I think a lot of people that don't want to go on a show like Top Chef and they're in the industry, they have a fear of failure. Uh, and I, I took it as a personal challenge. Like, hey, I want to go on there because, you know, if, if I think I'm good, I should go try to prove that in front of everyone. And I did and, and failed many times and eventually succeeded. And uh, But it was it was a lot of fun the whole ride. Okay, so let's go Inside Baseball, the show. I love Inside Baseball. I know yep. lots about in, Inside Baseball, stats and everything. So I'll give you numbers. Let's go. So you show up. Where do you stay? Do you stay? What accommodations do they give you? So um, you show up and literally you hand over all of your possessions, right? Really? So, yeah. So like the, this is real deal. And one of the things I do love about Top Chef, the franchise, is that it is hardcore reality. You show up, hand over your phone, hand over your wallet. Wow! They, it's uh, it's kind of I guess like prison <laughs> in a way. Uh, you 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 hand over all your belongings, and you're allowed to bring in a certain amount of equipment. So you get your ten knives and ten small tools, ten small specialty ingredients, something like that. They all have to fit into a small little locker size thing. Well, what did and, you bring? What special I mean, ingredients do you remember? I mean, usually spice mixes and like a special vinegar. They have to be non-perishable. Okay. Uh, and you know your favorite knives, and you're trying to imagine as you're packing. You know, it's 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 Hunger Games. You know, you're trying to imagine like, will I be in the woods, and will I need a raincoat, or will I have to shuck oysters? I should bring an oyster knife. So uh, there's a strategy involved in that. And you know, now that I've judged the show and I've participated in so many iterations of it. Um, you know, there is a strategy before you get to the show. One is, what do you bring? Mm-hmm. Two is preparing yourself for also the the mental anguish that you're about to face. For me, having a family, now I'm all of a sudden in a house with 20 people living in a bunk bed. And like, it's been a while since I've been in college. Right. I don't really like other people. Sounds I mean, besides like, you. This sounds like The Bachelor <laughs> almost. Yeah, it's hardcore. Okay. So when you go, do you think about recipes before you go to the show? Like if I'm in a challenge, I'm probably going to make this. Or do you go and just come up with stuff on the fly? Yeah. So, I mean, I would recommend like committing to memory a number of recipes that you think will be applicable. Okay. Um, So specifically, like baking requires a knowledge of recipes and and scale and measurements. So it's always good, I think, to have like, hey, if I know I'm going to make one bread or one pastry item, I should probably have those recipes memorized. But it's all improv. There's no – you can bring a little book. So you get a little moleskin. And you can write whatever you want in that book, but before, you don't get to no, before no. the show. Oh, after no. as once the show you're starts, okay. right? So like, okay. you know, once you go, then it's just you get a pen and paper. Basically, you could write down whatever you want, uh, but you you can't bring anything into the arena, so to speak. Why does it always seem like the contestants are completely inept in the in terms of baking? Because uh, most of them are probably. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what it is, and I mean, I think really it's it's about improv. You know, like yeah. the whole show and most cooking competitions on TV are about improv. And a restaurant world is not really about improv. There's lots of 
research and mm-hmm. development. It's a slower pace. And now all of a sudden you have 20 minutes to just go for it. And it's, it's hard to um, figure that out sometimes. Okay. So when you walk into the room, do you recognize other contestants and do you recognize judges? Or sometimes do you think, I have no idea who that judge is? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, for me, I mean, I'm, I'm really in love with my industry. So uh, I didn't know any of my competitors. The second time I came back on an all-star season, the one that I won, uh, just kind of going to throw that out there. Uh, <laughs> then, you know, the competitors, cause it's an all-star season. They've all been on the show. Um, the first time you don't know anyone, you know, maybe you've heard of someone or they have a restaurant somewhere and you might know who they worked with judges. I knew all of them, but not every competitor. I do remember specifically my first run on top chef, uh, a chef, Johnny Azzini, who's a friend of mine, amazing pastry chef, walked out and uh, someone next to me was like, is that Freddie Prince Jr.? That's Freddie Prince Jr. I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> so uh, I, there are people that come on and you don't know who they are. Yeah. Okay. So the quick fire challenges. Yes. You have how, how what is the time limit that you have? It's what you see is what you get. So, I mean, every challenge is different. Uh, but if what you see on television is if they say, hey, you have 15 minutes, okay. you have 15 minutes. Uh, and that's an, another amazing part about the show is that it is a legitimate, like, hey, the, the, the times, all of that, you know, there's legality to these shows, of course. Right. There's money on the line and uh, it's all real. So then once you've prepared it and the judges go to try them, how long is the dish sitting there? Because I'm assuming a cameraman's coming over and taking, you know, footage of it. So yeah. by the time they eat it, is it cold? Yeah. So there's a, a general rule in all food television that temperature is really not taken into account. So as a judge, and I do so much judging now on Top Chef and other shows, is that you're, 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 you understand the process that like camera had to reposition. Um, and, you know, now this might be 10 minutes past, you know, the t- ideal temperature it was supposed to be. You take that into account. I don't really feel like that affects too many things. Now, if there's an ice cream or something like that, you'll, you know, uh, production will say, let's judge that first because it was an ice cream and that, that's unfair if it's then a soup. Um, but it, I don't really feel like that really plays a factor anyway. Do you ever, during the duration of filming, do you get anxiety dreams? Like I forgot to take something out of the oven. I mean, do you get, get so overwhelmed by the pressure of the show? Yeah. I mean, still, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I am a generally an anxious person. Like I was, uh, I thought I was going to miss my train today or like, <laughs> you know, like I'm anxious just in general. So when you're on the show that and I think people know this about me. That was, you know, amplified times a thousand. Uh, I still wake up every once in a while thinking that I'm like in the show. There's definitely, and I'm sure you've heard many people say this on on your podcast, is there's definitely a Stockholm syndrome element to reality television. You know, when when you get released back into the world, you know, six, seven weeks later for, for us on a show like Top Chef, you know, it's like, oh, what do I do? I don't have someone telling me where to go, when I can go to the bathroom, what I'm allowed to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, it's it's an interesting world. Okay, so do you keep in touch with the people that you competed against? Like Mike, would you keep in touch with him? Uh, you know, I, when I see him, I see him. And it's like one of those, th- it's like when you graduate college or maybe high school, you're like, okay. this is amazing. We love each other. Let's go buy a house. We're going to live together on a hill. We'll stay friends forever. Yeah. Um, and it's more like you then know them and you see them on social media and you're friends. Yeah. Um, but like you don't move into that house with everyone. So I'm friends with everyone that I've ever been on the show with, uh, generally speaking. And we run into each other because we're sort of in the same circuit. Okay. Best thing you have ever made on mm-hmm. TV. Wow. I mean, a best thing that I've ever made on TV and I'm stalling a little bit. Um, you know, I mean, I think, wow, I, there, there was a fish that I cooked in the finale that I won, which was like a sable fish that I sliced with an electric knife that it just comes to mind because, you know, it, it probably was the dish that won Top Chef for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if I'm just saying that because it was a winning dish. Right. Um, so one of the things is uh, people will always tell you whatever their favorite dish that they cooked will be something obviously that performed really well. Yeah. Uh, but it's hard to say. Yeah. What's the dish that you have so much regret about? Uh, well, conversely, you know, the, my first run on Top Chef, I didn't win. Um, and there was like it was a crazy challenge where we had. You know, we had no assistance and we had, it was like a whole pig and I cooked some pork belly in a pressure cooker. Um, and it was a pressure cooker I'd never worked with and it just didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. 
and probably was the reason why I didn't win. So, mm. uh, yeah, the, the things that you don't like are the, the dishes that didn't do well when you're on television. And the ones that you love are, are the ones that won. And that goes for also how you like judges. Right. Right. So, like, I, the judges that tell you you did a great job, those are your favorite judges. And the ones mm-hmm. that tell you maybe you didn't, you don't like those people for a little bit, for a little bit, for me. Do you watch any of your old episodes or is it just too stressful? <laughs> so now that I'm, I, you know, generally am doing, you know, television or in front of a camera regularly... I don't really watch my stuff uh, anymore. Like the first time you go on a reality show, I think there is. You do the viewing party, mm-hmm. you invite your friends, and everyone comes over. And then when you do it enough, that sort of loses a little bit of the appeal of it. Um, so I will watch my performances if I'm like really trying to work on something. Right. You know, like right now I have a new podcast. So I'll listen to this podcast to hear how I sound and, you know, to see if I'm sort of uh, doing the thing that I need to be doing. So like an athlete would watch their game tape. So right. But, that makes sense. Yeah, but I generally don't watch what I'm doing on television. So I'm assuming that most people, you probably get recognized a lot. Here and there. I mean, if I say a lot, then I sound like a yeah, douchebag. Yeah, if I heard you on a train, I would know it was you. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, well, that's good. That means I have a, a recognizable voice. The other thing is I'm sure people now at this point in your life want you to try their food all the time. You know, I think... Um, I think so, or they're scared, or they don't want me, especially now that I'm sort of in the judge world, right? right. Like, I've kind of, like, I've, I've, I've taken on this sort of personality. I think people think I'm a jerk when I'm judging food on television now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't want me to taste their food. Yeah. Okay, so I brought something for you to taste. I want to give you a little bit of background. Okay. My mother was a pastry chef and a gourmet chocolatier. Wow, high standards. I was not given that gene. Oh. Um, I made her peach kuchen, Ooh. which we grew up eating, which she served us for breakfast, which in hindsight is a disastrous decision in terms of diabetic um, possibilities. I also brought you chocolate chip cookies my kids made this weekend. Wow. So no pressure, but you had a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old cookie make these. Yes. They might taste a little stale because it was on Saturday. Yeah. But I want to just see what you think. No worries. I'm judging okay. tons of kids' shows, so this is perfect for me. Okay. Um, now, we, uh, before I taste these, are we declaring a winner? Like, is this is this something where I'm going to Well, let's be just say asked? this. If you say the cookies are better than the kuchen, <laughs> I'm giving them up for adoption. Oh, my gosh. Well, listen, I, I, I feel like I have to withhold my standards, and I have integrity. So okay. I'm going to have to call this as I, as I taste it, so to speak. I like the texture here. So I have to tell you that yeah. my husband gets a full boner when I make this. Wow, full. 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 Yeah. Wow. Okay. Basically, I think it contributed to baby number two. I, I hope that doesn't happen to me, only because I have super tight jeans on right now. Oh, okay. You can't, right. people okay. can't, you can't see me, but super tight jeans. I, I can't even fit my phone in my pants. I got to right tell now. you, I'm a little nervous. Hmm. And by the way, be brutally honest. Yeah. I don't care. I'm going to be brutally honest. I feel it's, like you know me by now. You know you can tell it. So the peach kugan, right? Kugan, it's, yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> okay. Now- Interesting is a horrible word to hear on reality food television. Okay. Because, you know, what does it mean, right? It's like it's a kind of like a nice way to say I'm not too sure about it. <laughs> right. But in all fairness, I have to taste the other dish, right? Okay. All right. Now, here's to get really inside baseball with you, if you are on a food competition show, you want your food to be tasted first. Oh. This is like real inside oh, okay. baseball. Okay. Especially if there's like 14 other dishes because eventually a judge gets palate fatigue. Right. So like that first thing, it's like the first thing you eat in, in the day usually tastes pretty good because you're hungry. Right. Right. So if you're on a reality food competition show, you want to try and be one of the first people Force to them be to judged. Eat first. Okay. okay. Classic chocolate chip cookie. Okay. This was baked home. This is homemade. That is homemade. I just had visions of my three-year-old stirring the bowl. You know, what I like about I, this is there's I can't this, promise you there's not hair in there. That, listen, the hair would add a nice linginous texture to it, I'm okay. sure. Um, what I love about this chocolate chip cookie is that it's sort of like an in-between two styles of chocolate chip cookie. And that would there's, be? There's, there's some chocolate chip cookies that are like soft and almost underbaked. Oh, and they're, okay. they're ooey and gooey. I don't like those. And then there are some that are thin and super... Crispy. Crunchy and crisp. Right. And then you have the browning of the bottom of the cookie. Right. Now, that's called the Maillard reaction, which is a super dorky word. It's okay. the browning of proteins. The browning of flour. Who knew that that could sound so oh, exciting? okay. Maillard reaction is also the name of my new indie band, oh. by the way. Yeah. I like um, it. I like it. I'll send you some tracks. Okay. Maybe we can maybe work on, like, I can get a little my drop in the middle of the show. My indie band is Visceral Biscuit. 
Visceral Biscuit yeah. and Maillard Reaction should go on tour together. Okay. That's something that should happen. And then, But you have that Maillard Reaction there. Okay, now, um, I judge kids all the time. That cookie... That's a pretty good cookie. A okay. three-year-old made that cookie? Three, five, and seven-year-old. Three, five, and seven. As a team? As a team. Which is tough to do, because mm-hmm. team challenges in any reality show are the worst. Right. Because everyone wants to be the champion. Oh, there's a little salt on the back palate. Yeah, I made, uh, I gave them sea salt to put in it. Good call, Mom. Yeah. Good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cookie's delicious. Oh, good. Yeah, the cookie get, is delicious. So would you say um, the kids won? I would say that, you know, it, it's really close. The cookie's delicious. The peach, Kuchen. Uh, is uh, really special, but um, special? At, the end, at the end of the day, I think the victory is going to go to the Peach Cookin. No! Yes! Solid! Yes. Kids are up for adoption. Yeah. This was oh, tough. Oh, no, no, they didn't win. They didn't win. They didn't I'll, keep win. Them. I'll keep my kids. They, I'll keep they, my kids. But they should continue to bake cookies because okay. they actually, they actually, they, oh, good. you don't have the gene. They have the uh, yeah, gene. It was it passed, passed you, over. But right. your kids have the gene. This is actually really good. Oh, good. The the, the Peach Cookin. I'm like, yeah. I want to eat the rest of it. Well, I, I have to tell you, yeah. it, what really is good is that the next day, it, mm-hmm. the bottom gets kind of hard. Ooh. So it's like, it just becomes more crispy. Yeah. And then my husband adds ice cream to it, but that sort of me, to me, is like throwing ketchup on a hoagie. Like, why would you do that? Right. I love ketchup. I mean, we're just getting to know each other, but ketchup's one of my favorite, it's my favorite condiment. Is for it? For sure. One of my favorite sauces. It's got umami. And umami right, is- Right, right, right. That's the, the untouchable, like, you don't, you don't make sense of it. That's, right. Like, umami, it's not, most people think it's a Brazilian soccer star or a supermodel. <laughs> no, it's the flavor of savory. Right. Um, and ketchup's got all these wonderful sort of flavor Didn't amplitudes. Malcolm Gladwell talk about that in his yes. book? Yes. Right. Look at you dropping a Malcolm Gladwell yeah, on me. Yeah, I remember. Yes. And the, the Heinz Company is the only ketchup that has the umami taste to it. Oh, yes. Which um, is why they're the, the global leader of ketchups. Well, listen, I don't know if they're sponsoring the pod. They're um, not. But I do have a fun, listen, I love Heinz ketchup. I love all ketchups. Uh, I have a really funny Heinz ketchup story. Okay. So one time after Top Chef, we got an opportunity to do the Super Bowl. Right, to do a Super Bowl segment. And it was when the Pittsburgh Steelers were in the Super Bowl, and the Pittsburgh Steelers play in Heinz Field. They sure do. At the time, they had a player named Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward, right. And we're getting ready to do this live Super Bowl segment in front of, you know, 90 million people. And I'm going to use some Heinz ketchup as a reference to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, the Heinz family. Right. So in this competition, this segment, I'm representing Pittsburgh. Right. So it's a natural choice for me. I know that this is probably a questionable thing because it's a brand on sure. Super Bowl Sunday. Nonetheless. So I asked production. I'm like, hey, I'm going to say this. I just want to clear that I'm saying it. And this is why I'm saying it. They check off on it. I do the segment. I say the word Heinz like three times in 30 seconds. Beautiful. Uh, well, not so beautiful because two days later, every executive from, you know, NBC or whatever is like, hey, <laughs> you can't, you know, you just basically dropped a Super Bowl commercial for Heinz. Oh. Um, and, you know, they never even, Heinz never even called me, even after all of that. They owe you a I didn't say check. it. They don't know. Yeah, well, you know, maybe some ketchup. I'd take some ketchup. But you got to be careful. You know, there's a lesson. And, wow. you know, you're a reality TV person. Next thing you know, you're in trouble with the network because you said a bad word. That's well, not Well, you really could have said much word. worse. That's true, I guess. You That's true. I did win worse. the competition, that one. Oh, good. As well. So I'm long story. But um, yeah, but that's a funny story to me because I learned a lot of lessons there. Yeah. I feel like I've learned so much from you. I'm sitting in front of your book. It's mm. called So Good. And it is a beautiful picture of you. And I'm going to make my kids make recipes in this. And we're going to take pictures and send them to you. Oh, amazing. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, so Good. It's just came out a couple of weeks ago. I am a little concerned. It's doing really good on the Amazon list, but okay. it is trailing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pizza cookbook. Those and like that up. bothers me for so many reasons. Messed they, up. Turtles do not do their own recipes. I mean, Donatello it's a puts, he puts it's a, a, it's really a, a joke, he makes actually. A, a pizza peel out of his staff and he thinks he's a chef now. He's a real asshole. And, and I don't really respect them as superheroes either. Huh. Yeah, exactly. So tell everybody how they can find you. Yeah, so people can find me at Richard Blaze uh, on all social media platforms. So I love the Instagram and the Twitters and uh, the Facebook and all that. They can find me in restaurants in Southern California right now. So Juniper and Ivy down in San Diego, Crack Shack with multiple locations in Southern California, heading up to Orange County uh, in Costa Mesa in September. And I will uh, be there. I can't I'm wait. I'm going to come. You're going to be the first guy. Like you're you're going to come in. I, we, I need some celebrity guests and I'm also there. guinea pigs. Okay. So you'd be both. 
Uh, and then, yeah, we have a couple um, leases out in L.A. as well. So we're just sort of growing up the coast. Well, congratulations. Uh, they can also find success. me on my new podcast if you don't yes, mind me dropping yes, yes, that. Yes, yes, Please so do. So my new podcast, Richard Blaze is Starving for Attention, like uh, is going to come out in just a couple of weeks. We've just recorded the first couple of episodes. It's me and uh, my wife, Jasmine, and we're talking to different people in the food world. Love it. I can't wait. Can't wait. We got to bring you on. I would love it. Yes. I would love it. Well, thank you so much. Congratulations on all your success. And again, I'm going to make recipes with my kids and take pictures for you. Sounds great. And uh, I gave you the book, so I'm taking the peach kuchen with me. You got it. Got it. With four daughters and two on a dance team, I can tell you we go through a lot of mascara in my house. But I'm crazy about L'Oreal Paris New Panorama Mascara, which catches every lash for corner to corner for maximum volume. If you're looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank, this is yours. The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. I've been using it for about two weeks now, and I feel like my eye has completely opened up, and the girls are crazy about it too. They've got a tapered brush to catch every lash, one of the best mascara wands that I've ever used. And like I said, this luxe appearance of this gold package you got to get it. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. L'Oreal Paris New Panorama Mascara. You're going to love it. Maura Murphy, I don't know if you're prepared by what I'm about to tell you. Jacqueline Marfuji's on the line. She has a podcast called What's Your Jersey? You guys have seen her on Vanderpump Rules in the background. She's a stand-up comic and an actress. And um, she is also the nanny for Joey McIntyre. I know. Don't shit a brick, guys. This is all <laughs> happening right now. How the hell did it's that all- happen? Did you just sign up for like a service? or what, what, How did this happen? Um, I, we had a mutual friend and I wanted a side job that was during the day and the McIntyres were looking for someone that was good on set because they were about to start shooting their show. I thought they were shooting a reality show. So I was like, I don't want to be on camera, um, but I'll do it. And then I show up the first day and they're like, you're coming to the table read. And I was like, excuse me. And I found out it was a scripted comedy. So that was fun. Um, I was on set every day and like comedian friends were showing up all the time. So that was really cool. And that's how it happened. This is the greatest news I've ever heard. I just <laughs> I can't even believe it. I went to those concerts as a kid and it just makes me feel so old. But I think that's such a hilarious story. I am um, so jealous that you got to go to those concerts because I was a huge fan as a kid, but I was like too young to go to the concerts like my first concert was Paula Abdul. Like, I was a huge Paula fan. Um, but I'm very jealous of your new kids' concert days. I feel like I was on the tail end of it. So I remember going, and it was like half the people were flipping out and screaming and crying. And the other half were like, I don't know who's the new band. Like, what's going to be cool? But I love all of them. Um, I love all of them. So, and uh, you know what? A lot of people I know want to go on those cruise ships. Like people have said to me, it's a really good time. I'm not sure that's the vacation I want to take necessarily, but it sounds like a good time. That that might be too aggressive for me. Like also a lot of female energy, a lot. I don't picture a lot of like straight men on that cruise, you know, Uh, but you know what one cruise ship I would go on? I would go on a Barry Manilow cruise. (laughs) Why would you do that? Because I love his music and I feel like I would be very safe. You would. Yeah. You know, like everyone would be doing macrame, playing shuffleboard. Everyone would be <laughs> so kind. You could have a delicious kuchen or like a cobbler and have some delicious drinks. I know. Everybody it- would go to bed early. <laughs> no one would get slashed. You wouldn't get oh. robbed. It would be okay. Oh. It would be good. There'd be no stabbings. Just a, a lot of like Chardonnay drinking. Yeah. Oh, Chardonnay. Abs- Riesling. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So one of the great things about you is that you watch reality shows. And I wanted to get to the bottom of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And I know that this is a show that you also love. So yeah. I made you watch. Or I shouldn't make, say I made you. You were already going to watch that episode. So let's talk about this Sunday's episode. 
Oh, for sure. There's so much to talk about. Um, first, can we just discuss that um, Chloe's period cramps is a storyline now, and I think we need to um, get it together, Kardashians? Like, this shouldn't be a thing. It's really sad. I, 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 it's the same way I feel, and you're not at this point yet, but when I hear, um, you know, women complain about you know, pregnancy as if it's the, the first person that ever had a baby. It, you know, you're not the first person who ever had a period, Chloe. So it it's is a little weird. bit, it's weak sauce. Um, the, the episode started with much discussion about Caitlyn Jenner's new book. And Chris, of course, did not read a copy, but Kim claims that she did. I'm going to call bullshit on that. She had someone, an assistant, read it and put some notes together. What are your thoughts? Uh, definitely. She got the Cliff Notes version that, that she was probably reading cue cards when she was telling Kendall what was actually in the book. Um, I think it's definitely probably like her third assistant's job. I'm kind of over Caitlyn Jenner just in general. I don't care about her book. I think that she's got a terrible personality and I'm off, glad she's off the show. I don't like that every time I ever see her in an episode of the show, she's in getting her hair or makeup done. I think that's all she, she does. I think that's what she thinks women do. I think she thinks that women just get their hair and makeup all day. And it's so far from the truth and I get annoyed. So I'm over her. I, I w- would like her to just never show up on the show again. How do you I mean, after this week's episode, I'm guessing she probably won't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was her departure. I don't I don't I don't think she knew that was going to be her departure, but I don't think she'll get asked back unless they want to have some drama. Um I also thought it was really annoying that like when Kim went to talk to her, she just said, "This is my way of dealing with things." Like I had to write it down. Like get a journal. Like keep it to yourself and imagine imagine every time you went back to visit your mom she had someone doing her hair and makeup while you spoke to her i mean how cloying how gross how disgusting it's just well like what is she getting ready for that's a great question what is she getting ready for she lives in the middle of malibu in some barren mountain top and have you ever been to that part of Malibu? Like, you don't leave your house. It's so hard to get to. And it's you almost, like, die every time you drive up there because the roads are so scary. Like, she's not going anywhere. It does seem like the place that you would see someone in a full, like, snow gear with, uh, like, ice pick shoes climbing <laughs> up the mountain. There is definitely not much going on there, which is fitting for her because I don't think there's not much going on with her outside of, you know, wearing bangle bracelets. That's it. And like uh, uh, some weave. She she was very excited that she curled her hair a little more for Kim's arrival. I was like, wow, this is this is your event today is curling your hair a little more. This is good. It must be like, oh, that's new. Talk to me about makeup. Mm, That's something I've never heard about. Now, what tell me what you think about Rob? What are your feelings about Rob at this at this juncture? I think Rob is just like a lost soul and he's like graveling and trying to like grasp onto something (laughs) like in life. Like every episode, he seems to be onto a new venture. This episode was him getting like electro shocks to see what it was like to get cramps. Like what else is he doing with his life? Like, does he still have his sock line? Like, does anyone buy it? Like, I just, I don't get Rob. Like I can't imagine somebody's at Nordstrom's buying Arthur George socks, but I, I feel like this is the thing with reality TV is someone creates a dumb accessory line and we and, and we're they try to convince us it's successful. I just can't believe socks are flying off the shelves. They're really not like I go to Ross and buy like half off Nike socks like I'm not looking for Arthur George's. I don't care who Rob Kardashian is and what socks he's creating. It's not a thing. I feel like. At this point, what I find that I do when I watch Keep It Up with the Kardashians, especially with scenes with Rob, is I like to go into a parallel universe where Rob actually graduated from USC with like magna cum laude and then got a law degree. And then he married a sweet Armenian girl named, I don't know, maybe like Carla. And they had four, four to five children. And the girls look up to him like he's almost like a father figure. And they're almost afraid of disappointing him. And they like Carla. They don't necessarily feel like she's as close as all of them are. But, you know, they respect her as a mother. And the kids, of course, are fantastic. And Rob um, has really held up the Robert Kardashian legacy and is a 
uh, is an attorney and they just live in Calabasas in, you know, on a cul-de-sac and they don't necessarily like being in front of the camera, but they'll come along on family vacations. Yeah. Because I feel like the truth, the real, real Rob's true life is so depressing that I can't watch it. It really is sad. And I think it's scary that he has a daughter, like a little baby girl also. Like it kind of creeps me out. I really want you to do a public service announcement for Rob and get him to get on track and marry Carla and (laughs) live his life to the fullest. I think that's it. I think he went to like kind of ghetto fab. He's just, he needs to like flip it. You can help him, Kate. How do we do this? I, I feel like he needs to get rid of Jamal, the life coach, the one who wears the earring, who wants to play Xbox with him all the time. I feel like I can put him through some sort of boot camp. Um, he he can pull it together. I really believe in him. I feel like there are possibilities, but he just needs to. He's young. He's not yeah. even. Yeah. I think he's early 30s. I'm, I mean, I'm, I was really disappointed that he named the baby Dream because I just thought, what hope does she have now? But it seems like he's very into her. And I thought, you know, I saw him at the doctor's appointment last week. And I do I feel I, like I've got a little bit of a flame lit for him. <laughs> you still have hope. You haven't given up like Caitlin. Okay, so now let's talk about the fact that in this episode, they bring on an Indian prince. He's the first prince that came out of the closet. He's an openly gay prince in India. His name's... Prince Manvendra. Thank you for saying it. I couldn't understand how they were saying his name. It sounded different each time. It it was odd. Um, Ken, uh, some of these scenes on this show are so odd. And Kendall said, I just returned from India and I met someone really special that I want you to meet. And in walks this man in full headdress uh, to tell his story about how he came out of the closet. He was actually married before and They were really taken with the way that he uh, respected his previous wife's wishes to not come out of the closet until she got married. And it segued into a discussion that Chris had with him later uh, about his life. And it was, uh, okay, there are two things going on here. Obviously, it's another slam against Caitlin. Here is, in fact, someone who's an admiral human being and you're garbage. And uh, so we have a lot to learn from him. But I also felt like this was perhaps the precursor to someone within the Kardashian home coming out of the closet. What are your thoughts? This is Scoop right here. Who who do you think it would be? I feel like, I don't know who would be gay that's coming out. I, f- I feel like I'm putting it out there. I feel like we're being set up because I was watching the close shots when the prince was talking. Okay. And there's one person that they kept doing close shots on. Who was it? Kendall? I'm going to have people watch the episode and then report to me over Twitter who they think it is. But I feel like there's someone. And I think it's going to be in a lull in the uh, when the ratings go down. It's going to okay. be the, like the last trick they pull out of their pocketbooks. Wow. Someone might come out of the closet. I am. This is like mind blowing right now. This is not the direction I thought of. But now I'm like very intrigued and going to have to watch the rest of the season because of this. I could be wrong, but I don't think but I don't think I am. Can you give us a hint as to who you think it is? Um, no, I want you to watch it. And then because I want to see if other people assess the situation the way I did. And I feel like it's good homework for for everybody. Okay. And then report okay. back to me the findings. But I you, think that's what's going to happen. Do you have a nickname for your listeners? Can we say, go watch it? Or just, hey, listeners, um, watch. Just say, uh, the scoop. You know, just say, I think I figured out the scoop. Guys, I think we figured out the scoop. I think Kate's figured out that someone's coming out. It's happening. Okay. Um, you know what was coming out this episode? The scene where Kim walks into her mom's office and her boobs. She literally looked like she had been nursing like a tiny army of babies like and the funniest part is like her mom's like oh my gosh you look so nice her daughter is wearing like a see-through like mesh like teddy i'm like what is wrong with you people (laughs) i always wonder like what would happen if they didn't like all the laundry was there wasn't you know everything was dirty in their house and they had nothing left to wear but like a pink tank top would they have an emotional breakdown (laughs) 
<laughs> that would be it. I think that would be the end of the Kardashians. That's perhaps when we know it's really the last episode of the show is when Chris, Kim, Courtney, or Chloe wear a color outside of the monotone <laughs> uh, spectrum that they only wear. Oh my gosh. It's like Spanx for days. Like all their clothes are basically glorified Spanx. It's insane. I think they would rather like paint their bodies with like Kylie Jenner lip kits than have to wear like actual clothing that's a color. It's quite strange. And then <laughs> the last thing in the episode is Chloe, uh, Chloe's boyfriend Tristan uh, had a birthday and Kim and Chris sang happy birthday to him. He has been kept uh, off the show. What are your thoughts in terms of the way that Chloe seems to live most of the time now in Cleveland and won't have her boyfriend on camera? Is this a good thing or would it make the show all the more entertaining if he was on? Um, For us as an audience, I don't think it's a good thing. I want to see what's up, but I think we all saw the Lamar Odom decline and I think she's just trying to protect uh, Tristan's life and health. Um, because before Chloe came into Lamar's life, he was just a basketball player. He was fine. He was doing his thing. And um, I, I think she's actually smart and knows that she needs to protect this relationship. Do you, I would like to see a, a side reality show. Forget the new Kendall and Kylie show coming out, which I, I am I'm, anticipating will be incredibly boring. I'd like to uh, see a reality show of Chloe living in Cleveland. <laughs> and she has like, and it has like, to be her without okay. any makeup and hair staff she can't have any assistance it's just her alone in like a strip mall in cleveland having to look for shampoo and conditioner and maybe some un, like some deodorant i feel like chloe could be good at that though i think chloe can get down like this is actually probably going to be very entertaining to watch I think so, too. I Listen, I, I, I hate to take over the reins uh, at Kardashian Enterprises, but I think that could be a good show. <laughs> well, I actually, on my podcast, I interviewed this week my cousin, Will Marfuji, and he's been a producer at E! for over 10 years, and now he's an E! news reporter. And he was telling me, one of the questions I asked him, I said, Kardashians now or 10 years ago? And he said, 10 years ago, like... They used to go do reports at their house and Chris, like off camera, would invite him over for dinner. Like she invited him to come over for Thanksgiving dinner once. What? Like why yes. did, he, did he take her up on it? <laughs> he's the reason why I think he's so good at his job is because he doesn't like fangirl out and doesn't really give a shit about any of that. So he was like, I'm good. I'm fine. Um but I gotta tell you, I would have I would have left my husband and four children to go have thanksgiving dinner at the kardashians just so i could sit and watch so I'm, i know i have great respect for him wow yeah but he said they were nothing but like down to earth and nice and just like a great family he was over in the uh, he's been to a few olympics with caitlin back then it was bruce and he said he was just a cool guy that granted told the same stories over and over again and the crew would be like we heard this one oh, stop boy. Um, but he said they were all really great. All right. So tell everybody how they can find you. Oh, okay. I'm on all social media, just at Jacqueline Marfuji. Um, and I have a podcast called What's Your Jersey that I would love to have Kate on one of these days. You can hear her on that soon. Uh, and yeah, you can just find me. I'll be doing shows in New York and New Jersey the third week of June. So I post all my dates on social media. So you can find them there. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time for you to get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's gas, groceries, or dinner with friends, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit Discover Bank member FDIC. The amazing Kate Casey. I want to thank my guests this week, Richard Blaze, Juliet Littman, and Jacqueline Marfuji. I would like to give a very special shout out to Sam Chasse, who works for Twitter, watches all these shows, and is also a great person to send tweets to, especially if you're watching The Real Housewives. 
I want to remind you to go to my website, www.loveandknuckles.com. I write recaps during the week, and I have some really funny posts having to do with my first marriage, my sister's love advice, uh, just general parenting hilarity. You know how that goes when you're married with kids. I will be doing stand-up next weekend, opening for Heather McDonald at the Irvine Improv. There are two shows on Friday, June 16th, two shows Saturday, June 17th, and I'll be hanging out after the show and would love to see you and chat with you. You can find me on Facebook at Love and Knuckles. My Twitter page is at Kate Casey. My Instagram is at Kate Casey CA. Please send me a note. Let me know if you're on Instagram too so I can find you. And as always, I want to remind you to go to the Reality Life with Kate Casey page on iTunes. Hit the middle button where it says reviews. And if you could leave me a five-star review, I would so appreciate it. The more reviews I get, the more exposure the show gets. So I really appreciate everyone who's already left a review. And as always, I'm wishing you guys a great week. And I'm already thinking about next week's episode and laughing. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.